We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Today I'm excited. We get to begin a brand new message series called Riptides, Riptides. God put this on my heart, this message series on my heart a long time ago, and I was just really waiting for the right time. And I believe that now is the time more than ever as we, as his church here, Hope Church, and in this valley, I believe we've been in this season of really just being stirred by God to press in and pursue all that God has for us. But how many of you knew that any time that you determine to go after God, to pursue him, to really get serious about your faith, there's gonna be some things that are gonna come against you. There's gonna be some things that as you're pressing into the things that God has, there's gonna be some things that are gonna to try to pull you away from the fullness of all that God has for you. And so I, I believe firmly that as we are as a church, and I, I believe it, that we're in a season where the hunger and thirst, like we are not satisfied with what we've experienced, that there's something building in the body of Christ. In fact, I believe we've seen a, a ton of growth at Hope Church over this last year, and I believe that growth is directly related to the fact that we are a church that is gonna pursue the fullness of everything that God has, and people are not satisfied with religion. They're not satisfied with the status quo. There's something inside of our spirit and our soul that says, I want more, and I want all that God has for me, my, my marriage, my family, my church, my nation, and I will not stop pursuing God. And I believe any time the people of God start to posture themselves in that way, there's going to be a, it's going to, it's, there's going to be a fight. Because there's going to be this tension of a, of a pull. The things of the world are going to pull on us and try to draw us away from that pursuit. Our flesh is going to try to pull us away from that pursuit. We have a very real enemy that is going to try to pull us away from that pursuit. So today, we're going to start out this message series, Riptides, with going after the more that God has for us. And we're going to look at this in passage in Luke chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 11. And really, let me set this up for you. This is where Jesus is, is beginning to call his disciples to come follow him. And we're going to see as we read this together that Following Jesus isn't something that we can do casually. Like there's no in-between to follow Jesus. When he called people to follow him, it wasn't like, ah, you know, if I can make it to church, maybe I'll make it. It wasn't like, you know, if I have time to pray, I'll pray. It wasn't like, you know, if, if I have a need in my life or I'm feeling a little down, I'll pull up my Bible app and read the verse of the day and get a little get a little Jesus fix and, and, and keep me going, make me feel better, listen to a little sermon online, worship a little, and just to kind of keep me going. No, when Jesus called people to follow him, it was a radical obedience to forsake everything and to go all in with him. And to grab a hold, just like Paul said, like we looked at last week, forgetting what is behind and pressing in to what is ahead. I want to apprehend, I want to take a hold of everything that Christ Jesus took a hold of my life for. 
And I don't know if you're ready for that or up for that, but I'm going to challenge you a little bit today as we get into the scripture. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says this. In one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gesneret, or however you say that, the Sea of Galilee, I like that better, easier to say, the people who were crowding around him and listening to the word of God, and he saw all the, he, he saw at the water's edge two boats. You want to underline that if you have your Bible, just underline that. At the water's edge, two boats. How many of you know that God always gives you a choice? There's always two choices. Stay on the edge, or as we're going to see, to launch out into the deep. There was two boats. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break so that they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. This is beautiful. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. They pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that not only inspires us, not only convicts us, not only challenges us, but God, I pray today that your word would stir up faith in us. God, I pray that your word today would make us courageous, that we would courageously step into, push out from where we are, into the more that you have for us. God, I pray that this word would go down into the depths of our spirit, that it would take root, and it would begin to birth something beautiful in us that draws us closer to you today, and that changes us. Father God, I thank you for the rain. I believe that the rain that you poured out today is not just physical, but I believe that the rain is symbolic. God, that you want to rain with revival all over this nation of the United States once again. Father God, we pray and in faith believe that you, God, are stirring this nation. You're stirring your church in this hour. And God, I pray that revival, fire, and rain from heaven would come down and water this land, break up the hallow ground. God, rain on the dryness of our souls. And God, that you would stir up revival once again. Father, we pray for this great nation that as we repent and turn from our wicked ways and ask you to forgive us that you would once again heal our land, heal this nation and turn our hearts back to you. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, you can clap for that. It's okay. We're a church that believes in revival. We're a church that believes in the great nation of the United States and praying, believing for it. All right, the title of my message this morning is Into the Deep. Into the Deep. Now, I don't know how many of you grew up with a pool in your backyard. I know in Montana, we don't have a lot there, but I know a lot of you aren't from Montana, if you're like me. I'm not from Montana originally. Uh, Montana has been my home for the last 23 years and uh, have grown to love this place, make it my home. But I'm not a country boy. I'm a city boy. Those of you who know me, you figure that out. Um, I don't know how to farm. I don't know how to milk a cow. I don't know how to do, you know, haying and stuff like that. Um, I don't wear cowboy boots. But, you know, I have grown to love this great state. And um, I grew up in Yonkers, New York. I grew up on the streets. I went to St. Bartholomew's parochial school. That's a Catholic school, for those of you who don't know what that means. And, um, and I lived down the street. I, we weren't a, a very wealthy family growing up, but my uh, grandparents' house on Marlboro Road in Yonkers, New York, we didn't have a pool in the backyard. And in New York City, it gets hot and humid in the summer. And uh, it's good, how many of you know it's good to have rich friends? And, uh, <laughs> and, and I had some friends named the Obaldis that uh, their father owned an auto parts store right down the road. And so I made friends with my friends who had a pool in their backyard. And I would always hope that they would invite me over to their house to, uh, to number one, play Atari 2600. And so I remember my, me and my friend Robert, we go down in his basement and play Atari 2600. And uh, man, how many of you just love old school video games? Come on, I don't even understand these new video games. My kids, they try, me to, try to get me to play Fortnite and roller, I don't know, derby or whatever they're trying to play these days. And I don't even understand the controller. There's so many buttons on there. I don't even know how to do it. I try, I'm like, forget this. I ain't good at it. I just, just give me an old fashioned Atari joystick with one single red fire button or give me some pong, you know, where I could just turn it. I said, I think real video games, they should only, they shouldn't be pixelated. They should just have like, you know, they should be bars. That's it. Nothing round. They should just be bars. And we would play Atari 2600 in his basement. And then uh, when we were all hot and sweaty, we'd go out and we would uh, jump in his pool. And I remember that pool. That's kind of where I learned how to swim. And, and we would hang out in his pool. But I remember specifically that it was an above ground pool. And, you know, there was a shallow end that was about three and a half, four feet. Uh, but there was this transition point in the pool where it went from the shallow end to the deep end. And in the deep end, they had a, a diving board. And I remember just to make sure you knew when it was getting deep, they had this little line with, you know, little bobbers on it that, that signified you're moving from the shallow end to the deep end. And I remember as a kid loving playing in that shallow end. I liked feeling like, you know, I could put my feet under me and, and I could have a good time and play in the shallow end and I was still in control. And, and, and yet the older kids, they all were playing in the deep end. They were diving off the diving board. They were enjoying that. But there was something a little bit scary about going into the deep. There was something scary about crossing over that line from the shallow end into the deep end. I remember going over and towing the line sometimes and getting the water right up to my chin and it just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't like not being in control. So I go back into the shallow end. 
I remember one day, I said, man, I'm, I'm going in the deep end. I'm diving in. I'm going to get up on that diving board. And so I got out on that diving board, and it, and it felt like an eternity that I was just sitting there staring into the deep end of that pool and just trying to muster up the courage to just take that, that jump. And I remember sitting there, and I sat there long enough, and my friends were making fun of me. Finally, one of the punks came up behind me and just shoved me in, and I went flying into the deep end. And I remember, like, you know, being upset, but at the same time, it kind of broke the ice. From that moment on, I just loved diving off that diving board, jumping in the deep end. Well, today, I want to be that punk preacher who pushes you spiritually into the deep end. Some of us, we've been dabbling on the edge of our faith. We've been just dipping our toe in the water. We've been getting up right to that edge. We know that God is calling us deeper. We know that he wants us to go deeper in prayer. He wants us to go deeper in his word. He wants us to go deeper in the church. He wants us to go deeper in our faith. But we're stuck in the shallow end. And today, I believe that God wants to challenge you as he's been challenging me. What do you need to launch out into? I love, he says this, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water. That word in the Greek, put out, there's a couple different translations. One of them's put out, one of them is push out, one of them is launch out. The idea is this, that for many of us, we, our faith gets stuck on the shore where it's safe, where it's comfortable, where we feel like safe and secure. But you cannot stay secure and follow Jesus. You can't stay comfortable and follow Jesus. You can't go deeper into the things that God has for you and stay comfortable. There comes a point where you have to launch out. Get away from what's comfortable. Get away from your security. Get away from control. And launch out, push out, shove out. This isn't something lightly that happens in order to get that boat out. They had to push it, shove it. It took energy. It took, it took intentionality. It's not something that just happens in our life. Your faith doesn't just grow because you want it to. Your faith doesn't just grow because you're praying for it to grow. Your faith only grows when you are determined, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to do whatever it takes to shove out, push out, get out, and pursue all that God has for me. The problem is this, for many of us, we know this, but somehow we've settled into a place in our relationship with God where what we've known about him and his word, we've gotten comfortable there. We've gotten stagnant there. What we've experienced to this point in our relationship with God, we said, that's okay, we're good. I'm good right here. I'm good, bro. I know you're preaching this stuff, preacher man, but I'm good right where I am. For some of us, we have settled down into a lifestyle in our relationship with God that is safe. Some of us, we're serving God, but we're still holding on to control of our life. For some of us, our faith has become so predictable, some routine, so routine, so stagnant that it's become boring, and uninspiring. And I believe now more than ever, God is calling us deeper. He's calling you into a deeper relationship with him. He's calling you to fall 
deeper and more in love with him. He's calling you to launch out into the plans, the purpose, the faith that God has for you in this season, in the next season, in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in your church. It's time to launch out into the deep. But here's the problem. For a lot of us, Hebrews 2.1 says this. We must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, the word of God, so that we do not drift away. Here's the problem for many of us. If we don't take our faith seriously, if we don't listen carefully to what God is saying, what he's speaking, what he's doing, if we're not watching, if we're not being led by his spirit, we are drifting away. And this happens so slowly, so subtly, we don't feel it, we don't even know it until you wake up one day and God is so distant, you, you, the things that you believe for are so far away, the promises of God in your life, your, your marriage isn't what you hoped it would be, your, your kids are growing up and, and, and the things that you were hoping for, praying for, believing for, that you're so far away from them, we've drifted and we don't even realize it. And Paul is reminding us that unless we pay careful attention right now to what you've heard and we put it into action in this thing called faith, we're in danger of drifting. Do you know that, that there are plates underneath the earth and there's this theory called continental drift? That, that there are continents that are actually drifting. You can't see it. You can't feel it. It's happening so subtly. It's happening so silently. And I believe this is a picture of what can happen in your life, spiritually speaking, in my life, if we don't be awakened to the fact that if you're not pursuing God, you're drifting away from God. And so we all have these riptides in our life. These things that are trying to pull you away from the presence of God, pull you away from the promises of God, pull you away from the word of God, pull you away from the love of God. And the way that we combat the riptides in our life is we're determined to pursue all that God has. There's no stagnant faith. You cannot stay where you're at. You're either moving towards God or you're drifting away from God. Now, last summer... Um, I had a brilliant idea. As a dad, I'm like, we're going to do something really fun as a family. Come on, guys. I felt like that was like my um, Clark Griswold moment where I got my kids together. And I said, I had a friend who had a, had a raft. And he said, hey, anytime you want to borrow my river raft, you come pick it up and you could borrow it. So I called him up. He said, yeah, we got it. It was a Saturday. And, um, and I asked a few people because I'd never really been rafting much, you know, on the river. And so we went up to the North Fork. And I just asked a couple of people, hey, what, what do you think we should do? What are you floating? And, and they gave me a suggestion of, a, of a, a float to do with the family. And I didn't really study the river that much. I didn't even look at the weather that much. I just, I just said, hey, we're going to go and we're going to do this, man. It's going to be awesome, kids. It's going to be an adventure. We're going to have a good time. We packed some sandwiches. I packed my fly rod. I figured we're going to just cruise down this river. I'm going to do some fly fishing, catch some fish. We're going to hang out. It's going to be beautiful. Well, we get on the river. It starts out glorious. We're just floating down. It's beautiful. And, um, and I said, I'm going to take out my fly rod and do some fly fishing. And I start doing some fly fishing. Well, Little beknownst to me, we were coming up to this place called Bone Crusher. Some of you are laughing because you know what Bone Crusher is. I don't know what Bone Crusher is. I'm from Yonkers. 
I'm just a sick kid. No, and, and even like somebody um, tried to warn me, you know, that, hey, there's a couple of spots that are a little sketchy on this river you're going to want to be aware of. You're going to want to be aware of because if you're not careful, the current will pull you in. So Bone Crusher, for those of you who are not familiar, is this place on the river where the current will sweep you into this huge rock and it will throw the raft against this rock. And if you're not careful, it'll crush your bones. Like somebody's going to break something. You know what I'm saying? And I had my daughter on the back of... God bless her. I had my daughter on the back of the raft and I'm just fly fishing. And here we go coming up against bone crusher. And my wife's like, uh, honey, I think you need to put the, put the fly fishing rod down. But I just hooked a fish and I'm like, oh no, baby, I got a fish on. I, I ain't letting go of this. And I got a fish on. And she's like, oh, babe, you need to look at this. And my back is to where we're going. I'm just worried about getting that fish in. And uh, she's like, babe, you need to get a hold of the oars. And I turn around and look, and we are hitting some rapids. And I see this huge rock we're headed right for. And I drop my fishing rod, get on the oars, but it's too late. The current just sweeps us in and smashes us against that rock. And my daughter, I had to make a decision in that moment. Do I let my fly rod with the fish on it go or do I grab a hold of my daughter? Man, that was tough. I love you, babe. I could have been a big one. I could have been the one. You know what I'm talking about, fellas? You feel me? But I did like any good dad did. I held on that fish right now. I let it go. I let it go and I grabbed hold of my daughter and she had a life vest on and just got the hold of the, the black thing and she went flying and she hit up against the rock but she didn't crush nothing, praise God. And then we go down and I figured, okay, we made it through that. And little did I know that there was probably some of the worst winds that day that you could imagine. And I am like, they start picking up and coming through that cavern and they, it's literally blowing us backwards. And, and we're gonna be on this river for hours unless I start rowing. So I jump in and I'm rowing in the wind. I promise you, it is blowing so hard. I am sweating bullets. I am straining at the oars and my family's just looking at me. I'm like barely not cussing. I mean, I'm being honest with you. I'm like, I thought I lost my Christianity on that. I need to take my pastor card. It was one of those trips. At, at one point I got up and said, this is the trip from hell. And <laughs> we made it through. It was one of those times, dads, you know what I'm talking about? You feel my pain? I had to pull my kids together after and said, now kids, daddy's really sorry. I messed up. Forget everything you heard. <laughs> I'm not tripping. Forgive me. Just erase it. Just erase it. But I'm telling you, our, our spiritual lives are just like that. That if we don't recognize that there are things that want to pull you away from God, there are things that want to crush your spirit, that we have a real enemy of our soul that wants to just rip you away from all that God has for you. And that if we don't pay most careful attention to what God is saying, how he's leading, what he's speaking, what he's doing, that we could be in real trouble. And so for, we're gonna explore over these next several weeks, we're gonna look at these different riptides that wanna try to pull us away from the presence of God, pull us away from his power, pull us away from his destiny. So here's what I like to say this. If you wanna change your destiny, change your depth. If you wanna change your destiny, change your depth. Because I believe 
that just like when you build a building, the deeper the foundation, the taller the building. Some of you have a destiny in God that is too big for the foundation that you've laid. That if you're going to pursue the fullness of the destiny that God has for you, the purpose, the plans that he has for your life, you need to go deeper. You need, need to dig deeper. You need to go out and launch out, push out, shove out into the deep. There's a couple things that we need to do, I believe, that if we're going to go deeper with God and break these barriers. The first one is this. We need to admit that we need help. Peter when he recognized the miracle that Jesus did, he recognized that he had been trying to do what Jesus did just by speaking a word all night long, laboring, striving, pushing, working, believing, and caught not one fish. Look what it says. Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night. We're tired, and we haven't caught anything. This is for some of us. We have tried to do the Christian life in our own strength, our own ability. We've been pushing, believing, praying, striving, and not one fish, nothing. I'm not seeing it. And see, this is where we get discouraged. And some of you, you come to church week after week and you're discouraged. Some of you have even give up, given up trying because you've tried. You said, Pastor Lindsay, I've tried, I've pushed, I'm working so hard. And the problem is exactly that. You're working hard in your own strength, in your own ability. And we have to get to a point where we recognize I have no, there is nothing in me that can accomplish the will of God in my life. It makes me completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said, it is to your advantage that I go away, go to the Father, because I'm going to send the helper. Do you know that the, the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is the word paraclete? That means to come along one side, to come to one's aid. Actually, there's a, in the root word, there's a connotation with that word, not only to come alongside you, but to come alongside you in the manner and fashion in which the one who sent it. Think about that for a minute. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper who is just like me, who has my same spirit, who has the same power to raise the dead, to unstop deaf ears, to open blind eyes, to resurrect dead things. This is the same helper that I'm going to give you, the same power that I have to resurrect from the dead. I'm going to give you that kind of help. I'm going to give you that kind of power. That's the kind of help that is available to you and me, but it only comes by recognizing I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I could try all I want. I could try hard. I could push. I could strive. I could believe, but I need the help of the Holy Spirit. I can't do it without him. I got to admit that. See, I think there even needs to be something that further that we need to admit, and that's this. That there is this holy dissatisfaction within us for where we are spiritually. Do you feel it? I feel it. I feel that there, there is something inside of me. There is a holy dissatisfaction that says, man, I know I need more of God. I want more of God. I'm not even sure what that means. But I am so tired of trying to find it, do it on my own. 
That until you get to that point where you said, man, I'm ready to push, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll drop anything, I'll leave what's comfortable, I'll leave what's safe, and I will launch out with you, Jesus. I'll follow you wherever you go, wherever you lead me. I believe until we get to that point, sometimes God is just waiting for us to get to that point, to move in our life, to do something. When you're ready to move, God's ready to move. Listen, we are not waiting on God. We're praying and asking for revival like we're waiting. God is, can I tell you, we're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. Anytime the people of God start getting serious about seeking his face, going deeper, praying, believing, taking radical steps of faith, dropping whatever we need to drop to fully pursue him, God moves. He always does. He is faithful. He's faithful. But if we're going to see that, the first, we need to admit that we need help. The second thing that we need to do is it requires a step of faith. It requires a step of faith. What, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Now, Jesus, the reason this miracle happened isn't because Peter launched out into the deep. <laughs> Let's be honest. The reason this miracle happened was because Jesus spoke it into existence. Jesus said, launch out and drop your nets. And I love Peter's response. If you guys can put it up. Peter's response is, Jesus, wait a minute. You don't understand. I'm a fisherman. You're the carpenter. <laughs> Let me help you understand the scenario here. The best time to fish is at night, not during the day when it's hot, not with all these crowds of people around, not with you stirring all the waters. There ain't no fish out there. We've fished all night. We've worked hard. Not one fish ain't happening. In, in Peter's mind, he's been there, done that. He knows it. He knows fishing. And in his mind, this is impossible. It's not going to happen. Some of us have looked at our situations, we've looked at our marriages, we've looked at our business, we've looked at whatever God has said and said, this is not happening. I've tried it before, I've been there, done that, it doesn't work, I'm not doing it. But Peter had just enough faith to say, however, if you could put it back up. He says, put that scripture back up, please. He says, master, we worked hard all night, we haven't caught anything, but because you say so. Some of you need to get to the point where you say, man, I don't see this happening. I don't know how it's going to happen, but because you say so. Because you say so, I'm going to try again in my marriage. Because you say so, I'm going to go back to that job. Because you say so, I'm going to call that person. Because you say so, I'm going to forgive. Because you say so, I'm going to start tithing. Because you say so, I'm going to start serving. Because you say so, I'm going to start taking steps of faith. I don't know. Faith is risk. You are not going to step into the fullness of God without taking a risk. It goes against the very essence of what faith is. I remember I was watching an interview with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is a media mogul, Christian, awesome guy. And um, they were asking, interviewing him about how he's realized so much success in, in his career and, and everything that he's put his hand to, very successful. 
Um, and he said, he said, I related to this story. He said, when I built my house, um, I tapped into city water. And after several years of getting bills for my water, I got so fed up with how much they were charging me for the water. I called up a drilling company. I said, I want my own well. I'm tired of drawing off city water. I'm tired of paying these high prices for water. I want my own well. And so he called up this company. He had them come out and drill for water, drill some well. And they drilled three places, neither of which they found water. The owner of the company comes to Tyler Perry, says, Mr. Perry, I'm sorry. I know this is going to cost you a lot of money, but I just don't think we're going to hit water here. And so Mr. Perry wrote him a check for what he owed him and kind of gave up on the idea. Well, several months had gone by. He kept getting water bills and he kept, every time he'd get that water bill, he just, he cringed inside. He got so tired of it. He called back up the, the company and he said, I want you guys to come out and drill again. And the owner tried to convince, he's like, I don't think we're going to hit water. He says, well, I do. And I'm willing to pay whatever it takes for you to come out and do it. And he says, okay, so we'll come out and do it. So they came out, they drilled down 500 feet this time. Still no water. He went back to Tyler Perry, he said, what do you want me to do? Go deeper. He drilled down another 200 feet. No water, comes back to him. Mr. Perry, what would you like me to do? Go deeper. He went down another 200 feet and when they went that 200 feet depth, they hit rock and broke the drill. The drill's very expensive, so the owner comes back to Mr. Perry and said, Mr. Perry, you don't understand. Your bill is getting bigger and bigger, and we just broke a very expensive drill bit, and it's going to cost a lot of money. to." He said, I don't care what you have to break through. I want you to get another drill bit, and I want you to break through it, and I want you to find water. Go deeper. So they get another drill bit. They go down another 200 feet, down to 1,200 feet, and they stop... And he goes back to him and he says, Mr. Perry, we have never drilled down this far before. Never gone this deep. We haven't hit water. I don't think we're ever going to hit water here on this property. He looked him in the eye and he said, I want you to go deeper. I don't care what it costs. Keep drilling. He went down four more inches and they tapped into an underground river. Four more inches. Some of you are four inches away from your breakthrough and you don't even know it and you've stopped going deeper with God and today's the day that God says, if you will just take a step of faith and you will go deeper with me, I have a river of living water inside of you that you haven't tapped into yet that is ready to just gush and bring you life and feed you, to nourish you, to refresh you, to bring you peace, to bring you joy, to bring you love. I've got so much more. If you would just keep going deep. He says, that taught me a, a, a lesson. Whenever I hit a wall, I keep pushing through it. And some of you, you've hit walls, you feel stagnant, you keep coming up against sin, you keep coming up against addiction in your life, you keep coming up problems in your marriage and whatever it might be that's keeping you. And God would say to you today that if you'll just go a little deeper, breakthrough is just right around the corner. But you've got to take a step of faith. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is he telling you to do? See, because in Hebrews eleven six 6, it says this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
You can't have a relationship. In fact, I remember when Jesus went to Nazareth, he was doing miracles all over the place. You know that faith is the door that opens miracles. You look at, go do a study. Go do a study, I dare you. Go look at anybody that came to Jesus for a miracle. Every single one of them. You know what the common denominator is? It says your faith that has healed you. It's your faith that's made you well. It's your faith that set you free. It's your faith that gave you breakthrough. It's your faith that took you deeper with me. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith opens the door to miracles. When Jesus went to the town of Nazareth, it said that he could not do many miracles there because they did not have what? Faith. Faith opens the door to the impossible. But we have to take a step of faith. And this is where James tried to get this across to us. I'm afraid that in our Americanized Christianity in modern day church, we have equated Christianity and our faith with a belief system, a head knowledge, an agreement with scripture, an agreement with doctrine. But let me tell you that true faith is just not a mental assent or a mental agreement with what is true. True faith is a recognition that this is true and because it's true, it has to change the way I live. It has to change the way I walk. It has to change my worldview. It has to change my beliefs, the way I feel, the way I see things, and what I do. Faith requires action. James said, without faith, without action and faith together, your faith is dead. It's not even real. What makes faith alive is that you actually do something with it. You step out in faith. So when God is telling you to go pray for somebody, or he drops a scripture in your heart, or he tells you to give, or he, he tells you to ask somebody to forgive you, he, he, he challenges or convicts your heart, he tells you to go pick up the phone and encourage somebody, that we actually don't just say, oh, that's really good, God, I'll just pray for them from this. No, take a step of faith and do it. Do it. That's what real faith is. Verse 11, it says, so they pulled up their shore. And listen, you have a choice. There was two boats on the shore. I don't think that was by chance that there were two boats there. See, God will always give you a choice. You want to stay on the shore or do you want to launch out into the deep? I promise you that if you'll launch out, man, I'll tell you, over 23 years ago, in faith, my wife and I said yes to the Lord leading us here to Montana. It has been the wildest ride you could imagine, full of ups and downs, getting in ministry. I, I tell people this, saying yes to ministry is a lot like getting on a roller coaster blindfolded. You just have to throw your hands up in the air and enjoy the ride. <laughs> because there's so many ups and downs. Sometimes you feel like you're gonna puke. Sometimes you're just like loving life. It's exhilarating and everything in between. And that's what a life of faith is. But I would, I would never exchange it for nothing. And some of us, that's the problem. Our faith has become so stagnant, so bland, because we're not taking steps of faith. And it leads me to the last point when I'm done, is that we need more of the Holy Spirit. I honestly think most of our problems in life can be solved just by getting filled with more of the Holy Spirit. The other day, I asked my... I asked my poor wife, I, um, <laughs> we're getting our, our house ready, and there was this one screw. She, she took down this um, 
hanger, you know, for drapes, the little bar thingy. And, uh, and she couldn't get one screw out. And she asked me to get the screw out. And I get anxiety just thinking about it. And I got up on the ladder and I'm trying to get the screw out and the screw strips. Oh yeah. That's like one of my pet peeves in life, strip screws. I just want to rip them out with my teeth. And um, I could not for the life of me get the screw out. I got so frustrated. I lost my, I lost my stuff so bad, it wasn't even funny. I'm not, I turned into another person. You know how the Hulk, he's normal, and then he turns green? And so I literally, I lost it. I mean, I absolutely just went ape. I just, yes, and I walked out of the room, and my wife like, it's okay, it's okay. God bless her heart. She has to put up with me. But I completely, completely lost it. And I was thinking, man, how is it me a pastor <laughs> that I just went from zero to losing it just like that. I said, man, I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. The Holy Spirit, part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. I need more self-control. I need more patience. <laughs> I need more love. I need all of it. I need the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit. And in Ezekiel 47, it gives you this beautiful picture. This beautiful picture, God gives Ezekiel this vision. And in this vision, I believe, I really was praying for you, and I believe this, this, it represents where you're at in your journey of faith. And God calling you into a deeper relationship. Look what it says. This is a vision that God gave Ezekiel. He said, he brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling out the south side. Now, this is the temple of God. This represents where the very presence of God was. The life of God was in the temple. And there's a trickle of water coming out. That kind of represents some of our life. That we just have a trickle right now. It's just like a little flow. It's just enough to keep us going. And as that trickle goes out, it says he measured off. He said there was a man eastward with a measuring line in his hand. And he measured off a thousand cubit and led me through the water. Listen to how he said, he led me through the water. This is what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is trying to do with some of us. He's trying to lead us. And he led me through the water that was ankle deep. Safe. Safe on the edge. I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. I'm comfortable here though. And then it said he measured off more cubits, whatever that is. And he led me through the water up to knee deep. Still safe, but I'm in a little bit more, but I can still stay in control. And then it says he led me to where it was waist deep. That's when it starts getting a little uncomfortable. Some of you right there, it's like, man, you're right on that edge. There's the line. There's the buoys. I'm going from the kiddie pool to the deep end. And then he says he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that it could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And I believe this river represents the very spirit, presence, life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit in our life trying to get you to say, come on, go in all deep. Go into the deep. Just go in, jump in. Surrender. Give up control. Because you want to know what, you want to know what happens for those who just surrender it all. 
It says in verse 9 that there's swarms of living creatures with lot where live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. That's a whole nother message. Look at this beautiful picture. Where there's salt water, now it becomes fresh because this life-giving water of the Holy Spirit is just leading you more and more into the presence and power and love and peace and joy of the Lord. And look at wherever it goes, everything will live. It goes on to say that wherever the water touches, there are trees planted alongside the river that are full of life and fruit and they bring healing. It's a beautiful picture of when you fully surrender to God, there is a river of life inside of you that wants to not only flow in you to refresh you and lead you into life, but it wants to flow out of you into everyone you come in contact with, that it will give life to everyone, that there's fruit that's gonna come out of your life, there's healing that is gonna be extended to other people when you allow God to do what he wants to do in you. Come on, some of you need it. You guys can turn the lights down. Worship team, you can come up. Come on, some of you, you need that life right now. You feel dry in your spirit. And God is saying, come on, come out into the deep. Just take a step of faith. Some of you need to take that step of faith today. Some of you need to take a step of faith in your marriage, what you're believing for, praying into. Step of faith in your business, whatever it might be that God is speaking to you. Hey, it's just this simple. Listen to me. All you have to do is say, God, what are you asking me to do? And I'll drop it. I'll drop whatever I have and I'll follow you. Lead me and guide me. Come on, there's some of you in this room, maybe you're watching online that today's the day that you surrender your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your life and you wanna become a Christian. You wanna be a follower of Jesus. I believe the spirit of God brought you here to listen to this message to ask you, are you willing to give up your life to receive the life that I paid the price for? If that's you, I want us to just close our eyes right now. I wanna pray for you. Would you just say, Pastor Lance, that's me. I wanna surrender my life to Jesus today. I wanna go all in with him. Come on, God bless you. God bless you. Come on, anyone else, it takes courage. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for that step of faith. God bless you. Thank you for your step of faith. Now I wanna pray for you in just a minute. And we're gonna have an amazing, our amazing prayer ministry team are gonna be over here to my right. And if you made that decision, can we just give it up for those people? Come on. What an amazing step of faith. For the rest of us, we're not done yet. I believe there's some of you in the room that your faith has been stagnant. Today's the day you go deeper with God. If that's you, if you say, Pastor Lancey, I want to go deeper into God. I want to take those steps of faith. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Hands up all over the place. Hands up all over. My hands up. I'm with you. I'm not just praying for you. I'm praying for myself too. I want to pray for you. So Father, right now, I pray for every single person that says, God, we want more of you. We want to go deeper. God, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to come upon every person. 
I pray that you would rest on them, that you would give them the supernatural strength and courage to take radical steps of faith, to recognize that we need your help. We need the help of the helper and that today we would surrender ourselves, drop what's ever in our hand and say, Jesus, we're willing to follow you wherever you lead us, wherever you go. God, I'm yours. I'm surrendered. I want to relinquish full control over to you and I want to go deeper in my faith with you in Jesus' mighty name. Now the rest of you, the ones that raised your hand, I want us to pray this prayer together. Will you pray? I want everybody to pray this. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and nailing my sin to it. Would you forgive me of all my sin? Wash me clean. I believe you're the son of God. And today I choose to surrender my life to you. Would you come into my life? Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com give. Also follow us on social media at hopechurchmt. Be blessed and have a great week.